Wonderful. Well, it is great to see you all. I'm going to try not to have to play with this mic. I thought I got it right. But uh, I say it's great to see you. Again, I'm looking at a camera. I'm not looking at you. I've got some wonderful people in the room around me, but I really wish you were in the room with us today. And uh, we will be, you know, there will be a time when we are back together uh, on a regular basis and uh, we can all look forward to that. I'm actually going to get, you want to give me that other mic? This is uh, not working. (laughs) Hope everyone is good. So there we go. Thank you so much. So again, just really miss being with all of you. Wish I could hug you. Wish I could shake your hand. Wish this COVID thing was over. And I love what Greg was saying about contentment because the wonderful thing of this season is that while things are not the way we want them to be, nothing's changed about God. And while we're missing one another, we're missing being together, we're missing fellowshipping, we're missing worshiping one another, may we be content in this season and know that God is working in each and every one of our lives, that he is, you know, that we don't maybe like this season, but that this know that this season too will pass. And that in, you know, a few months time, we'll, or if not sooner, we'll be back together again, meeting, you know, likely out on the lawn here at the space. And we're going to be able to rejoice and have so much fun together. And, you know, we're not going to take relationships for granted ever again. You know, we're not going to take being together for granted. There's this wonderful uh, thing that this season has done for each and every one of us, and that is that it's made us realize what is valuable and what is not. And, you know, I want to share this morning just a, a reminder. First, I want to check in. How are you? You know, how are you doing? And if you need anything, please uh, put it in the comments or send us an email, fill out the comment card. Because whatever you need, we want to be able to be there for you. And as well, what's God been saying to you? You know, take a moment. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, you know, tell us what God's been doing in your life during this time. Because other people will be able to read those comments and be encouraged. It's a way we can testify of what God's been doing in our lives, things he's been speaking to us. So use the comments there on Facebook. Use them on YouTube because other people will be able to read them. If you're on the platform, put it in there as well. It's just because it's such a great way for us to encourage one another and remind each other that God is working in each one of our lives despite the season that we're going through at this moment. So I'm going to actually pause for a second so you can just, just consider what it is that God would want you to say. Now, take a minute, you know, type it in. Whether you type it in right now while I'm speaking, that's okay. I'm not going to be bothered if you're, if you're typing and I'm going to feel like you're not listening to me. Put those, put those comments in. Put those different things in. Just share with us what God has been saying to you. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know, the thing that God has been speaking to me so much about in this season is is the simplicity of the gospel and the all-sufficiency of Jesus, the all-sufficiency of God. And it's incredible, really, because he's, Jesus told us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and that we're to come to him and find rest for our souls. And you know, we, we live in a society here in the greater Toronto area, but in North America as well. And, and much of the world, really, where people don't have rest. You know, people are driven. 
You know, our, and right now the world is a crazy place. We don't have the things that we could trust in before. You know, things that our parents could trust in. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to university, I'm going to get a job, I'll be able to get a house, I'll be able to do these different things. These systems of the world that we put our hope and trust in, they're not so trustworthy anymore. You know, we, the world's a very unstable place at this moment in time, not just because we're locked down, but because of what's going on economically, what's going on with government systems. And it's really easy if you get sucked into the things in the media or in social media, conspiracy theories, it's really easy for fear to creep in. And it's really easy just to look at the facts of things going around us and go, how am I ever, you know, as a young person, how am I ever going to uh, buy a house? Or as someone that's getting older, how am I ever going to have enough money for retirement? Or what's going to happen to my savings? Or what's going to happen to my family? And, and there's all these different worries that we can have. And yet Jesus told us not to worry. He said, actually, don't, don't worry about any of these things. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry, worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about the house that's going to be over your head or, or the place you're going to live. But seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. Because the Father knows you need all these things. He knows, he knows everything you need. And he can help provide those to you. But seek first my kingdom and my righteousness above all these other things. And, you know, Jesus, who said, look, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, come to me. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. It's just a wonderful thing, because it, it goes, hey, I don't need to scheme. I don't need to go and adapt to the ways of the world in order to get ahead. I don't need to become like the world and forsake Jesus to get ahead. I don't have to use the world's means and, and the world's ways to get ahead in this life, to secure my future. I don't have to work like a dog to, to secure my future and live in a place of fear that I'm not going to have enough. I, I actually need to do things God's way. I need to learn to live a life of peace. I need to learn to live in the rhythms of, of God, to follow the example of Jesus in how I am and in what I do. Not follow the examples of the world. And, and in that, when we do that, we become a light to others. Our life, it shines to others. It's going, hey, we're going to live differently. We're going to do things in a different way, not the way the rest of the world does. But we're going to do it God's way. We're going to follow him. doesn't mean we're not going to work. doesn't mean we're not going to go to school. doesn't mean those different things. It just means that actually our sense of peace isn't in our own abilities. It's not in our own accomplishments. It's not in our own talents and gifts. Our sense of peace and security is truly in God. Because we recognize, hey, you know, tomorrow... Hyperinflation could happen. Our money could become worth you know, next to nothing. But, or it might not. Tomorrow we could lose our job. Tomorrow everything could change. And we don't have any control over any one of those things. You and I can't control. We couldn't control whether we're locked down or not. We can't control whether there's a virus spreading around or not. We see in this season actually how little control we have, even though we think we've got lots of control. And so it's why for us as followers of Jesus, it's so important that we really understand where our hope is. We understand where everything that we need comes from. It's got to come from him. It's got to, it's got to be, that's the only place we're going to find real peace. It's the only place we're going to find contentment and joy is actually when we truly, you know, give our cares over to Jesus. When we seek first his kingdom, which is his reign over our life and his righteousness, Saying, and we say, seek first his righteousness. In other words, hey, we're going to do things the right way. We're going to do things God's way. We're not going to try to make, our own, make up our own way. We're not going to bend the rules. We're going to, we're, you know, it's not about the rules. It's about, God, you know, how you have created this world, how you've created me, the things you've put in place. Those are the things to follow. You know? 
the Ten Commandments. Very, very, uh, when Jesus was challenged on, on, you know, well, what commandments do I follow? He actually said, well, the Ten Commandments, those are a good place to start in terms of righteousness. Uh, and going, hey, yeah, I'm not, not going to murder. <laughs> I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to covet my neighbor's house or wife. I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm, I'm not going to have any other God except for the one true God. Now, these, these, these simple, you know, I'm going to honor my mother and father. These, these simple commands you know, are part of the righteousness that we're meant to follow. And yet, none of them justify us. None of them are how we get saved. None of them are the way that we earn our way into a relationship with God. That's this free gift that comes from Jesus. So when we don't get them right, when we mess up, when we trip up on, on following God, when we aren't acting as righteously as we should, or we're not living in a place of fear of God's judgment, of God's punishment of us. We're, we're living in a place of, oh, Father, teach me, train me. Train me in your ways. I want to live and learn to live more and more like Jesus. I want to become more and more like him. And it's that place when we truly seek, when we seek to be more like Jesus, when we seek, you know, that we would live from the place of his kingdom over our lives, then it's when we really begin to to experience the benefits of his peace, the benefits of his love, you know, the benefits that come from his supernatural power over every aspect of our lives. It's a wonderful thing that we're not relying on our own natural abilities as followers of Jesus. We're actually relying on our supernatural abilities that come through him. But you know, these aren't weird. They're not strange, and they don't require us to be weird and strange. They actually require our, 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 our humility, our following of him, of us putting aside our ways and our desires, and following his ways. I mean, Greg, this morning, in talking about giving, you know, the, giving trains us in a number of different ways. One, it trains us not to depend on our own abilities and, and go, well, it's all my money. You know, by us going and saying, hey, I'm going to give, where I'm going, hey, yeah, you know, this money would be useful to me. Me having that, that 10% that I'm giving over to the church, that I'm giving over to God, it would, be, it would benefit me. It would help me reach my financial goals better. I'd be able to do more things. I'd be able to have more. I'd be able to acquire more things, or I could put more money in the bank, and my bank account could be you know, larger. But by, by going through, you know, this act of giving, we, and by obeying and doing it God's way, saying, you know, he goes, hey, you know, give at least a tenth. We are putting ourselves in a place where we're saying, you know, God, I'm actually dependent on you. I, I trust you. I trust your ways. They're counter to the world's ways. The world says, hoard for myself, and you say, give, and give away. And I always say, you know, again, we, we can't work with this rule, you know? It's, like, it's not like 10% is this, oh, now I've hit the God standard. It's actually that that's the training ground for us. And it's wonderful. I'm not telling you this because we have this need. It's actually, the church doesn't have a need. Each and every one of us individually has a need. We have a, we have a need to be trained to trust God with everything. And this is one of the ways. Fasting, it trusts us not to trust in food, but to trust in God. You know, all the different things that, that were demonstrated for us in Scripture, these little spiritual disciplines, they, they simply help us to learn to live, live dependent on God, not dependent on on ourselves. And the wonderful thing is that as we learn to be more and more dependent on God, when we seek first his kingdom, his reign over our life, and his righteousness, we actually experience more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more perseverance, more kindness, more goodness in our life, more self-control. 
it's 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 the very things that are the fruits of the spirit that it discusses in Galatians 5 and and Jesus you know talks so much about fruit about our lives are meant to bear fruit Paul simply just you know took what Jesus had said and put it in a bit different words and and gave some real concrete examples Jesus taught all those things he taught that that's the way we're to be his main teaching for us was that we are to what did he say were the greatest commandments Love God with all our heart, mind, and spirit, and love our neighbor as ourself. Right? How can, you know, do we, do we say, well, I've got to be 10% loving towards people? No, we don't. We, we, we're trying to learn to love with all our heart. We're trying to learn, go, hey, everything I am, everything I have, my possessions are not mine. They belong to God. My love, it's not just for me. It's for others. Everything, my, all, my goodness in, in my life, I'm not doing that so that I can get some prize. I'm doing it so that the world is affected by God's love in everything that I do. Our lives are not for ourselves. We haven't been put here to have great careers and to be able to go, look, these are all the amazing accomplishments I've done. You know, it's like it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, and it says, where Paul writes, he said, look, three things remain. And the only thing, three things really matter. Three things remain after everything else, and that's faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so our walking with God, our seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, it produces more and more love in our lives, more and more love for those around us, love for our families, love for him. And it may sound, you know, you go, well, hold on, because Jesus said, if you don't hate your mother, father, sister, brother, you know, then you can't follow me. Well, it's not that you're supposed to, it's not that the most important thing is that you hate your family. He said, he also, the greatest command is to honor your mother and father. He talks about us loving even our enemies. So we put these things in context and recognizing, look, if our, if our family is saying we're more important than God, we're more important than following Jesus, then go, well, no, actually, I can't follow your ways. I've got to follow God's ways. But in following God's ways, we should be even more loving to those people that may hate us. More and more willing to sacrifice on their behalf, even though they treat us poorly. It's such an interesting thing, but it, it comes from the freedom of knowing that we're not the ones dependent on making our own way in the world. We are not orphans. We're adopted children in God's family, and our Father is the creator of the universe that has all the resources of the, at his disposal. One that could create something as incredible as the universe that we cannot comprehend or understand, that is bigger and vaster than all that. That, that God says, I love you, I'm willing to come in human form and die for you, pay the price of sin. I'm I'm willing to deal with everything that separates you from me. I just ask you to believe. I just ask you to to actually believe that I could do that, that I would do that, and that I care about every aspect of your life. I care about your finances. I care about your future. I care about your peace. I'm cautious in saying I care about your happiness. Not that God's goal is that we would be happy the way that the world would say happy. Sometimes we have to go through difficulty and suffering and stuff. But that ultimately, God's plan is eternal for each and every one of our lives. It's not momentary. So it's not about, well, I'm, 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 it's important you're happy at this moment in time. We sometimes aren't happy about the things that we are going through that are growing us and teaching us to actually let go of the very things that harm us and the very things that hold us back from living in the fruits of the spirit that we're so meant to live in. You know, it's, there's this wonderful 
pure, simple following of Jesus. And it's, it's not in programs. It's really, it's not about what a great show we put on. It's not about lights. It's not about smoke machines. It's not about, you know, a worship that's, that looks like a rock show or a preacher that looks like an, uh, a rock star or a famous whatever. It's about us loving one another. It's about us putting God first. It's, a, it's about us saying, Lord, I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And, and out of that, all the fruits, all the, everything of the Spirit flows. Out of that, everything that is, we are meant to live in comes. The supernatural, the healing, the setting people free, all that comes about. All that comes about when we first seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And we learn to live this life of love with this easy yoke, light burden that can only found when we come to Jesus and put him first and do things his way. So my encouragement to us, Lifehouse, is that we would love well. We would love God with all our heart, mind, and spirit, that we would come to Jesus, whose yoke is easy, his burden is light, and we would just delight in his delight of us. We would be able to look at the love that he has for us and reflect it back to him and reflect it to those around us. And may the fruit of the Spirit be evident in each and every one of our lives. So watch for what God does through this week. Be reminded of his love. And and Lord, I, I just thank you for what you're doing in each and every one of our lives. Greg, I'll pass it back to you. Uh, thanks, James, so much for that word this morning. And uh, to all those that were listening with us today, um, let me ask you, where, where do you feel that God is calling you to trust him? Where do you sense God leading you to let go in this time and to allow him to really be the Lord of your life? to demonstrate his goodness and his kindness towards you as you trust him. God is in control and he's good. Amen? Amen. Uh, Let me just close this off in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the love that you have for us. Thank you so much that you are good. Thank you so much for the invitation to come and to taste and see that you're good. Lord, thank you that you're in control and you're working for our good. God, and I pray this week, Lord, that we would that we would learn to trust you more, O oh Lord, that we would see those opportunities, Lord, to uh, to walk out our faith, O oh God. And to allow you to really be the Lord of our, our lives and to surrender to you in whatever way you might call us, O oh God. Thank you, God, that you are that you are using us no matter where we are whether we're working from home or we're working outside, whether we're going to the grocery store or we're staying put, oh God. Lord, your kingdom is at work within us, oh Lord. Your spirit is moving through our lives, oh Lord. You've called us to be light and salt in this earth, oh God. To love the person next to, uh, next to us as you've loved us, oh God. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people that would love well. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for... Uh, what you've invited us into. And may you receive all the honor and the glory and the praise through our lives this week, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks again for joining us, guys. Have a wonderful week. God bless each and every one of you.